Let's talk about accountability. If you're here, I'm guessing that you already have experienced some other frustrations that come with holding ERG leaders accountable. You're frustrated because you feel like you're begging people to do their roles and do like the basics of the roles that they signed up for. And you're just like, I don't see what the missing link here is. If you approach these ERG leaders, some of the things that you might hear is, I'm too busy um, or some version of that. You may hear this a lot from the ERG leaders and granted, sometimes it really is a too busy factor, but nine times out of 10, there's more to it than just being too busy. What's really behind that statement? When someone says that they're too busy to do their role, what does that really mean? I have three points here. One, they're overwhelmed. So that could be them saying that the role is becoming a burden because they don't have a clear leadership structure and that's not in place. We talked about that last week. There's multiple articles on it on the ERG movement site, but because there is no ERG leader structure in place that makes it really easy for them to execute their role, they're feeling overwhelmed with what their role is. Everyone, if everyone plays their part in a clear ERG leadership structure, it then becomes less of a burden. All people are working towards a common goal, but in most cases, this isn't currently existing. There are weak leadership structures, which then put undue burden on the ERG leaders. Cause most of the time they don't even know what their role means. Like what is, if you are doing like a pillar based leadership structure, such as like the 4C model, and someone is the ERG leader of the community, what does that actually mean for them? What are they expected to do on a regular basis? I'm jumping ahead, but just know that could just them that could be the ERG leaders just being overwhelmed. Another thing too could be that it seems like the role is like a mountain. So maybe they're like, I kind of get what my role is, but this seems like way too big of a hill for me to climb. And I do not have the time to sort out and outline exactly what to do in this role. The third thing that people could be saying when they say, I don't have time is I don't know what success looks like in this role. There's no template for me provided to be able to execute on what I do. Therefore, it's difficult for me to know where to start. It's difficult for me to know how to get to the finish line. And I don't even know what the finish line is. Those are really what people are saying when they say I'm too busy. Nine times out of 10, like I said, sometimes there really is a case. Different times of the year might bring different types of workloads on certain teams. Okay, that's understandable. But nine times out of 10, that's not the case with the ERG programs that are currently in existence. How do I know? I've spoken to hundreds of ERG leaders. I speak to them every single day. I have them in the community. People always approach me. I have this open to helping banner in my LinkedIn profile and I don't have it there for nothing. Ultimately, people come to me and they say these same things over and over and over again. Some of them are ERG program managers and some of them are ERG leaders. But ultimately, I hear the same things from both sides. And that's what I'm hoping to rectify here. So we know now what people are likely really trying to communicate when they say things are too busy. At the same time, you're trying to hold them accountable. So now they're saying this is too much. This is too big of a hill to climb, but I really still want you to do it. You're adding this pressure to, to climb a mountain that they are not ready for. Things are not in place for them to succeed, but you're still pressuring them to execute. I mean, granted, that's your role, right? You're, you're responsible for overseeing the success of the program, or maybe for overseeing the success of your ERG, if you're an ERG leader. So you're just trying to do your role, but ultimately, how do you do that? How do you hold people accountable to do what they're supposed to do? If the things 
the structure that allows them to execute what they're supposed to do is not in place. Let's define accountability. When I was going over this topic, that's one of the things I looked up. Accountable means required or expected to justify actions or decisions. Responsible. You're responsible for both the successes and the failures. I'm not going to say your ERG program is failing. However, if there is a huge gap with getting ERG leaders to execute on their roles, there is, I wouldn't say a succeeding. It really is going more so towards failure. I talked about this. In the video I posted yesterday even, things aren't in place to make it easy for people to execute on their role when you go to pass on the role to the next person. So you go to bring in new ERG leaders, there's gonna be a huge gap in what am I supposed to do? All of that knowledge that you have on what you feel like is supposed to happen on executing as an ERG leader goes out the window. Things have to be documented. Another definition or synonym for accountable was to blame. That's interesting because, you know, when you think responsible for, you think about all the successes, but then you think on the other end of it, you're also to blame when things go wrong. And unfortunately, if your program is on that path of failure, you're likely less looking to hold ERG leaders accountable in the, oh, you can feel proud and responsible of this role, but now you're almost looking for a scapegoat. You're looking for someone to blame because you know in your heart of hearts, these things are not set up. And you're looking for someone to say, you're the reason because you're not doing your role, even though they don't know what their role is, but because you're not doing your role, this ERG program is going like this, or this ERG has missed meetings for months. Our engagement is low because your role is not being done. You're really looking for someone to blame. And maybe that's a question to ask. I've really been going on this emotional intelligence tip lately. And with that, empathy is one of the big ones. That being said, a lot of the time, we know the work that we need to put in place, right? And we're focused on, well, I don't have time to do this. We flip it on others. And maybe that's both empathy and accountability. But even then too, we flip it on others and now say, okay, well, what are they doing that makes me look bad? But being able to look at it from other people's perspective and ask the questions that they're asking. Am I really set up for success? Do I really know how to do this role? Those are things that if we ask ourselves as ERG program managers or as ERG co-chairs, if we don't have a program manager, etc., asking those questions is really going to help us to help them ultimately. We might tell an ERG leader to throw an event or to host a heritage month, which that could mean a lot of things. What do you do in a heritage month? What are the requirements? Or to engage this community of people. That is a daunting task. That is that mountain of a task to people unless it's clearly outlined how they're supposed to execute, what success is, and how to get started. Okay, so let's get into it. Now that we understand the problem of accountability and what that what that really means when people aren't holding themselves accountable as ERG leaders. And we now also understand our role in accountability. Let me just state it clearly. A huge part of being able to hold others accountable is you holding yourself accountable. Okay. Maybe I, did I let that pause enough? Like, I really hope that that part sinks in a lot. Cause I think that that's a huge 
thing that's missing in this ERG space. Once again, we know that the companies likely just launched the ERGs in a very grassroots way, allowing people, every person for themselves, just run it, just throw, you know, be an ERG with no clarifications on how. None of that foundational work was set. It was just like ready, set, go, no prep. I created the ERG movement model to make it very clear what an ERG should have in place before starting as an ERG. That's why I created the ERG movement model. If you haven't checked it out, by the way, definitely go to the ERGmovement.com. I'm not even saying this as a plug, but I'm saying 90% of ERGs, maybe even more, are operating on outdated models. That's why I do this. But I need for more people to action upon it and to say, okay, I'm acknowledging the fact that our company was one of those many companies who A, either started in the pandemic and did this ready, set, go grassroots approach, B, tried to implement some form of structure, but it was based on an outdated model, or C, maybe has had ERGs in place for years, but just needs a revamp. If you're one of those, you have to really be able to come to terms with yourself and have that conversation, not just with yourself, but also with your manager, because there's going to be buy-in that you'll need to, to have a refresh. But we've talked about that in previous episodes. You can definitely go check out, I believe it was episode three, where we talked about the ERG relaunch plan. Your ERG program will flip on its head if you apply these things, I promise. So key one, like I said, is to hold yourself accountable. Have you done the work? Rule principle number three of the ERG movement, if an ERG program doesn't have a solid foundation, it will fail. What is the foundation made up of? One, you have to do this listening tour, get data about your ERG program. Currently, the listening tour data feeds the vision, which creates the strategy. The vision is saying, this is what success is for our ERG program. Now that we've heard from executives, we've heard from ERG members, we've heard from ERG leaders, what they want from this ERG program, here's a vision of what success of an ERG program at our company could look like down the line. You have to create that vision. Step two would be then to create the strategy. So now, based on where we're at as a program, how are we going to get to this vision? You create a strategy doc. In the strategy doc, you outline a timeline. What are some benchmarks that our ERG program is going to need to hit along the way? What does this have to do with ERG leaders being held accountable? Well, one, now that you've listened and really heard what they want out of the ERG program, it's that much easier for you to then deliver a strategy that touches on those wants and needs that they've communicated. So now they already feel somewhat bought into the process more than they did even when they first signed up as an ERG leader. In addition, now that they are aligned with what the strategy is, they see their part of making the ERG program or helping the ERG program to reach that goal. A lot of ERG programs currently don't have a, a goal or even individual ERGs. There's no outlined vision of success. Therefore, people can't feel bought into this idea of, oh, this there's the finish line because there is no finish line. This is all part of the foundation piece. We'll get into the last two, because the, key number two and key number three touch on the other two pieces of foundation. But really, the start of the foundation is listening tour coupled with data that you already have existing, especially if you already have an ERG program in place. Because if you don't have an ERG program in place, you can just follow the ERG movement model perfectly. And you don't have to go back and like recoup all the mistakes that have been done. 
But if you're already at this point where you're like, I'm having trouble holding ERG leaders accountable, then what you need to do is listen to episode three, where I talk about the ERG relaunch plan. And you need to do this listening tour, gather current data, you need to create a vision, you need to create a strategy, and then you need to get buy-in from those people that you spoke to in the listening tour. Just to be clear, I say you have to do the work. Doing the work is not saying we're launching grassroots ERG. Doing the work is not saying, oh, I'm just gonna buy an ERG software. That's not doing the work. That helps to manage a program, but it is not doing the work. Um, even getting ERG budget in place and ERG leaders in place, which is a win, granted, being able to fill ERG leader roles and being able to secure budget for the ERGs. Yeah, it's a win, but it's not the work that needs to be done to get this result. To get a result of a structured, sustainable, long-lasting ERG program, that's not the work. The work is in the ERG movement model. I say this, I'm saying the same thing over and over. Hopefully you all hear me. Okay, so that's key number one. Key number two, role structure and process. Ask yourself this, do the ERG leaders know what their role is? which is why we talked about last week about having a really good ERG leadership structure. Do you just have names for ERG leader roles that's based on, like I said, this outdated strategy, kind of like this. I've seen a lot of ERGs do like a three-person ERG leadership structure where they're all co-chairs, when really, if everyone's a co-chair, that has no meaning on what each individual person is responsible for. Is that the case with your ERGs? Or is it clear in saying, okay, now with this role, I can identify exactly what I'm supposed to do. In addition to having that leadership structure, they have to have an outline document, a standardized operating procedure, SOP, that clearly says step-by-step step how to execute on their role. This is skipped so much. So few ERG programs have this. Out of the thousands of ERG programs, so few, maybe like less than 10 if that have step-by-step -step documented processes for each ERG leader role. Let's talk about the SOPs for a second. One reason why a lot of companies don't have clear SOPs currently is because they're letting their ERGs operate off this grassroots model. Another thing that comes of that is each ERG within the ERG program has different role titles, maybe even a different number of leads within the ERGs. So the women's ERG might have five leads. The veterans ERG might have 12 leads. The black ERG might have six leads. It's inconsistent across ERGs. And then in addition to that, each ERG has a different way that they're running their ERG. So one is going by the 4C model. One has just three co-presidents. One has communications and another one has chapters like the inconsistency therefore is why a lot of people say oh i can't create sops for every single role because each erg is operating off of a different structure well that's kind of the problem right there so fixing that will definitely help you to identify here are the four roles or the three roles that exist within our erg structure you can have multiple people in these roles you can have two communication spheres or two co-leads, but even then you now only have four roles to outline, to explain this is what a communications chair does. 
that so fixing that problem in terms of consistency across ERGs is going to fix the problem of okay how do I even start with this now what does an SOP consist of step-by-step -step instructions on what the role is made up of how you create an SOP you outline every single thing that you would expect this person to do just make a list don't go through the directions yet but just outline okay as a communications lead they're going to have to be responsible for slack engagement they're going to be responsible for communicating about upcoming events for the newsletter just outline what that means step one now that you have a list of what their role consists of now you'll have to go through and with each of those tasks that's expected of the communications lead you're going to have to outline how to do that this might also involve you recording some videos that explain like an outline of how to do it so people can watch it because maybe people prefer to watch to learn things or maybe it'll just be easier for you to explain it that way i still recommend having it actual documented and in, in a document but you have to start somewhere so outlining how to so now you're saying okay you're responsible for the slack channel communications so now let me outline, this is how you create a communications calendar. This is how you schedule a communication in Slack. These are the types of prompts that you wanna use for communications within Slack. You really need to outline these things. This way, when ERG leaders come in, who are volunteers, by the way, so this isn't their full-time role. So when they come in, it's gonna be that much easier for them to plug in and go and take off with it. The structure, in terms of them having processes around their role is what is going to allow them. It's like the fence that allows them to operate within. They're able to run free within this fence and ERG leaders love that. Whereas currently a lot of programs instead are using like a reactive method, I would say almost, where ERG leaders don't know where the fence line is. Therefore they're hitting barriers. They're like, okay, well, you know, you're saying I'm not doing my role. You're trying to hold me accountable, but you never even told me that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Or you never outlined how I'm supposed to be doing this, that there is a right way to do it so I don't do it the wrong way. That's what's currently in existence, nine times out of 10. But you need to have these role processes in place. Just know, and don't feel overwhelmed and feel like this is something where it has to be perfected on the first go around. If you looked at the ERG movement model, you'll know that phase two, that that adolescence phase of ERGs is years where you're refining these processes, where you're finding gaps in them and you're making it clearer. This way, when your ERG program does reach maturity, it's already at a place where you've identified how people can best do their roles in a way that can last long term. But really, you're gonna your ERG program is going to go through a storming period. Shout out to Catherine Castro. She taught me that word. But ever since then, I've been obsessed with the concept. There is a period of your ERG program development where it's very trial and error, where it's seeing, okay, yes, you've outlined these SOPs, but now are they working? Long story short, this way people know what they're being held accountable to. I also posted about the gift of knowledge, which is something that I also recently just learned about. The concept with the gift of knowledge, and I'll just like do a quick overview of what she was saying in the TikTok video that I was talking about in that previous video that I posted on our YouTube channel. What she was talking about in that video is there was a study done 
where people were clapping the happy birthday song. And the study was to see if people would know what the song was without someone telling them what it was in advance. They were guessing that about 50% of people would know what the song is. However, when they did the study, they saw that only 2% could actually guess what the song is. What does this have to do with ERG leader structures? Well, the idea with the gift of knowledge is because you already have that pre-existing knowledge, it seems obvious and we can start to lose that empathy to understand that other people might not know that thing, right? So same thing applies with ERG leadership structures. For us, we have that pre-existing knowledge, maybe as the ERG program manager, maybe as a co-chair who's been doing ERGs for a long time, or we've done an ERG at our previous company. So we have that gift of knowledge in terms of, obviously, this is what should be done. But we don't want to lose that sense of empathy, where we're now comfortable, not even comfortable, but we now are doing our role in terms of making it easy for other people to execute on their role because they don't have that context. They don't have that knowledge. They don't know what success looks like. They don't know the step-by-steps. And because, unfortunately, this is the consequence of the company starting ERGs in such a launched way, in many cases performative, but it's okay. We can come back from that. But the only way to come back from that is to actually do the work. Holding ourselves accountable is going to help us to hold others accountable. And that's really the premise of this whole conversation. Because if these things don't exist, everything else is null and void. I mean, I could tell you easily, oh yeah, just incentivize, you know, you know, give them swag or extra budget if they do their role. But that is short term. In general, what is going to help to truly hold ERG leaders accountable is if the work is done to help if you all do the work first, you're then going to be able to easily say, you have everything that you need to succeed. Now, what is it that I can do to help you execute on your role? You're able to have that conversation versus why aren't you doing your role, which no one knows what that is in the current state. It's not clearly outlined. Outline what your ideal leadership structure is across all the ERGs. If you're an ERG program manager, or if you're a co-chair and this doesn't exist, or you don't have an ERG program manager, at least outline for you what an ideal leadership structure is. What are the three or four roles that this consists of? After that, make it really clear on what that means. What does it mean, once again, to be a communication share, to be an events lead, to be a member engagement lead? What does it mean? And then just start working to fill out how to execute on each of those things. If you're an ERG program manager, there's no excuse to not have this. By the end of this year, it's like really shame on you for not having that. And not up to this point, because like I said, I get what's happened. But moving forward, we know that that's no longer the way. Once again, leaning into that empathy, that's literally not at all helpful to your ERG leaders to help them to execute what they want to do. Your ERG leaders want to be able to help their community. They want to be able to do their role, but they're coming into a broken system. You don't bring good people into a broken system and tell them to just do. It doesn't work like that. Key number three. This is the last one. Data. Big data fan. If you don't know that, there's a good chance we probably not have not met yet. But again, answering what is success? Last week, we talked a little bit about it, but input metrics versus output metrics. Input metrics are what you hold ERG leaders accountable to. That is the 
activity measurement. Input metrics is saying, did you do X number of things? Potentially, you can even say, did you do X number of things by X time period? So let's talk about for a communications lead, for instance. Did you post this number of times? This is how many times you have to post a month as a communications leader. And I'll just, you know, throw in a plug here, even though it's in the article. If you're a communications leader and you have two communications leads on your ERG team, you can just say three times a week, which means 12 times a month, something needs to be posted. Then if you have two communications leaders, that's only six times a month. Each person has to post. That's only six posts per month. That's nothing. You're telling me that that is no longer a mountain for people. Once they see, oh, six times a month, I can do that. Especially if you have prompts and those SOPs that outline how to do it, how to schedule, what type of posts are acceptable and aren't acceptable. What are some good thought starters? Oh, I can do that. That's super easy. Okay. So that's an input metric. Post six amount of times. Another example for a communications leader, for example, would be schedule, not even just write X number of posts, but have you scheduled X number of posts? So now is it actually in Slack ready to go? So you don't have to think about it. This takes out the margin for error because it's already done and it's built into the SLP. You have to schedule X amount of posts, but then this is where you add in the date component. Did you schedule X amount of posts at least 15 days before the upcoming month? Boom. These are metrics that you can give your ERG leaders. So now they understand what success is. Oh, I am doing well in my role because I've completed my input metrics. You know, I have actually scheduled six posts, you know, 10 days before the upcoming month. So I'm actually doing pretty good. Actually, not even pretty good. I did exactly what I was told to do. I can feel responsible now for the outcome. All right, now let's talk about this outcome or output metrics. We talked about income input metrics, which is that activity measurement. You're measuring the activity of each ERG leader role. So each of your SOPs should factor in what are the input metrics for this role. It should also factor in what are the output metrics. The output metrics measures the performance of the activity. So they've scheduled the posts. They have scheduled the posts in Slack or they've scheduled the email. But the output metrics is the open rate, the channel open rate, which I call the SAM. Check out the ERG movement if you want to understand what the SAM is or the SES score, Slack engagement score. How many of the people within your Slack channel have actively commented or even used an emoji in the past 30 days? These are metrics you have access to, by the way, and you're just not using currently, but it's okay. We can change that. But with this, those are output metrics. Output metrics provide the learnings. They teach you how can I do the input metrics better? How can I make my activity better so that therefore the engagement is higher? Let's rewind a second because earlier I said one of the things that we might tell an ERG communications leader is engage a community. So we're already telling them, oh yeah, engagement is the word. We're not giving a clear number on what that means. So it's already, we've, we've talked about this, but that data piece is missing. We have not given them a process on how do you engage a community? So the process is missing there too. But now that you're saying, you're implementing these things, you're saying you need at least 25% of the people who open up your Slack channel to 
react because that indicates engagement in your channel. Now ERG leaders are able to associate their activity with that output, with that performance metric. And like I said too, using metrics is huge because it really helps to prove the simplicity of the role. For us as the ERG program manager, as the co-chair, we might be like, it's really not that difficult, but it actually is that difficult because we have not made it very clear and very easy to them. Okay, this is all I have to do. And then these results happen. Then these output metrics happen. Okay, I can do this. So that's why data is really big and why I talk about it a lot. And really, you wanna take it a next step further, you need to visualize this data. It can't just be numbers on a sheet. Data visualization is one of the topics that we'll talk about next month and we'll really get into it. I think that we even have some video content that'll explain how you'll be able to implement these visualized metrics. So you're not just doing everything in sheets or in an Excel sheet, you're able to bring it to life with charts that make sense, that are simple, that ERG leaders can follow to actively measure their success over time at any given time. So that's coming soon. I heard someone say this morning though, if you're saying you want to do something without a number attached or without a time frame attached, then you're really just hoping and currently with your ERG program, if you're telling ERG leaders that you want them to do something without having a number attached on what that goal metric is or without a time frame attached okay when i when am i supposed to execute this number or do this thing then you're really just hoping and wishing for a, something that doesn't exist i don't know how to explain it more simpler than that but hopefully you all catch my drift here okay you have to have the data you have to outline what the thing is that you want people to do. Otherwise, like I said, it's like running a race with no finish line, which is guaranteed to bring burnout. There's no one on this earth who can run a race without a finish line and just keep running. You have to have that finish line for them. So now that you've held yourself accountable by implementing the processes and the data, now you can easily hold others accountable. It's on you still to identify the gaps that exist within the data and within the processes, but this happens now in a different way. It's now less, it's a more targeted conversation. It's no longer just, oh, you're not doing your role, but now it's, okay, well, I noticed that you didn't schedule your six messages, but I do see that you posted it. So you did follow our process up to that point. I'm, is there a gap there or is there a way that I can help make it really easy for you to be able to schedule it? Or even go one step further, I recorded this video that made it really easy that outlines how to schedule a message in Slack and it only takes five minutes. Is this something that you're able to do by the end of the week? That is a completely different conversation. And oh, you say I added it to the SOP doc as well. So you're able to check it out anytime. That is changing the conversation. That is holding ERG leaders accountable while simultaneously holding yourself accountable because then you're saying, okay, clearly in the doc that I created, we're missing this step. So now I've made it this much easier for you to be able to execute on your role because I'm empathetic towards you and I realize this is the volunteer role and I wanna make it as easy as possible for you to execute on it. So I did my part, now can you do your part? Or I noticed that you only scheduled three messages so now that you know what the input metric is, you only have to do six and it's not a huge lift. So now it is, okay, so where's the gap? How, how can I make it easier for you to schedule six? 
just three additional messages. The conversation shifts when you have numbers and when you have a process that people are supposed to follow and they're not following. That is way different than currently what you're per probably dealing with, where it's you're not doing a role that I haven't clearly outlined and that you probably don't know how to do. That's likely really what the conversation is at this current point in time. And we're looking to change that. We can do it. I promise. I've seen it done multiple times where people start implementing these things and programs change. So now your ERG leader is happy because they're able to identify what success is. They have a clear finish. It is not a mountain now for their role. It's actually quite literally a molehill, just like the saying is, don't turn a mountain into a molehill. It's quite literally a molehill. It's a tiny little thing that they have to do to be able to execute on their role. And they're not overwhelmed. It's a good chance if you have all these things in place, your ERG leaders Therefore, your ERG leaders are, are not on their path to burnout like they probably are now.